Hey guys, what's up? Before we jump into today's episode, I have a quick message from our sponsor, Content Snare. Getting content out of your clients can be such a pain. Anyone who's done web dev or client websites knows what I'm talking about. You have to constantly chase them up with email after email and call after call. Then they'll send 20 different emails with loads of attachments and different documents in strange formats. Kid you not, you guys, I literally received website content uh, via Facebook Messenger once. So then you'll waste your time getting the content together in a format you can actually use. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> content Snare fixes this by getting the content you need in the right format in one place and it does all the client chasing for you. Structure the content you need so your client can see exactly what's required. Then you can send it to the client and let Content Snare chase them up automatically. You can approve their content or ask for some changes and voila, you're done. Now you're ready to download everything you need to build the website. Don't let client content headaches get in the way of doing what you do best. Try Content Snare today. All right, guys, and Content Snare has hooked you up with a 50% off the first two months of your account. Use coupon code WPCHICK. That's all caps, W-P-C-H-I-C-K. And on that note, let's jump into the episode. So you're using WordPress and you have your business online. The next question is, now what? With so much to do and so little time, it's hard to figure out where you should put your energy. WordPress might be the foundation for your website, but it's what you do with your business that counts. In this podcast, we'll talk about building and running an online business, but you have to be willing to do the work and just show up. My name is Kim Doyle, aka The WordPress Chick, and this is The WordPress Chick Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick, and I'm pretty pumped. I'm always excited when I have another quote-unquote chick um, on the show because (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it seems that a lot of the guests tend to be more male, and it's never an intention. Um, But my guest today is Christine Thatcher of Christine Marie Studio. Christine, thank you so much for being here today. You're totally welcome. Um, so I, before we get into this, it's, I always like to share a little bit about the connections that come through and, and how I've connected with people because I'm sort of on this mission to get people to spend a little bit more time on relationships in their business. And we connected through a mutual friend, James Rose, uh, of, of content snare. And I just think you never know, you know, so it's really important to do this. And Christine and I had a conversation prior to, to this and just, loved her instantly. And, and, uh, I don't know, I think it's, it's pretty fun when you take the time to create those connections, you just don't know where they're going to show up. <laughs> totally. I, I try really, really hard to, um, you know, give myself, uh, you know, maybe one day a week to, to do like some, you know, internet coffee, you know, just talking to people, getting to know people, not, not really having any kind of an agenda. Yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of people avoid that because they think, well, I did for a long time, like, well, I don't have time. And it's just, I all the time just do these like connection calls. When you said internet coffee, I was like, oh my God, that'd be a great name for like a show or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I literally have to uh, drink coffee while I'm face to face. I think that's, it makes it feel like actually being in a coffee shop 
sort of. Yeah, totally. So. I've got my coffee here. Um, anyway, so I'll stop rambling about that. And But I, I'm excited about this. But before we get into, because you have a couple courses that we're going to talk about today, um, I love hearing a little bit of the backstory. Can you can you kind of share your journey into this online world and, and what brought you here? Sure, sure. Um, I've been a designer for 25 years. And Christine Marie Studio is my client design business. And then uh, January of this year, I started a business called Designing to Delight, which is for designers. And through Designing to Delight, I mentor and teach designers. And um, so, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I, I was a print designer before I was a web designer. I was a corporate designer. I, you know, I worked for a marketing firm. I mean, it's just done so many things. And, um, you know, web, of course, is probably if I had to choose anything, I love that over branding and print design, but I've done it all. And uh, so in about 2012, um, I kind of became aware of the kind of online entrepreneurial market and uh, rather, you know, than the the typical local clients that you you deal with face to face. And uh, that's that's when I started Christine Marie Studio and I started working with women entrepreneurs who are selling services online. And that was Uh, that has been really fulfilling. And then I, uh, last year was at a summit and was talking to somebody who was an instructional designer and we were talking about courses and she felt like I should really be teaching. And so then I spent the second half of last year really exploring that and decided that that was something that I, I really have, I've dabbled in mentoring and I really enjoyed it. So, uh, it was just sort of a natural, uh, next step for me to, uh, start, creating courses and continuing with the mentoring and the, but I have to say the course creation is not as easy as it has been, you know, put out into the world to be Um, that, that was something that was really challenging for me, but I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you. And I've, I have gone back and forth on courses and not doing courses and have sort of shifted with the intent to do a, like a membership, a continuity, because I don't want to keep relaunching. And revising, mm-hmm. and, and there's mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And again, it depends on the type of content you're teaching, because certain things are going to require different mediums, right? So my totally. guess is with design, it's a there's a ton of video probably mm-hmm. in there, you know. And so it, it it really depends on the amount of work that goes into what you're doing. And then the tricky thing, and and I know this just popped into my head, but is uh, pricing with courses. I mean, it's all over the place. It's really all over the place. You know, you can find an amazing course that somebody's put out and it's like $97. And then you can have a really crap course that's created and it's like $997. A mm-hmm. lot of it, you know, and a lot of it comes down to messaging, positioning, and the ability of, of the course creator to sell it. But um, did you find, in, like, how did you go about doing that? I know this is kind of a little sidestep, but how did you go about pricing your course? Well, I think that for me, I uh, just wanted to say that the mo- probably the most challenging thing for me was um, actually taking something that I've done for 25 years and it's an automatic process and slowing it down enough to be able to like actually teach it so that somebody understood what I was talking about because it was so automatic for me. So that was probably my biggest challenge. Um, but the as far as pricing the course, I, I know that... Uh, I kind of started out with what my one-on-one mentoring costs and then kind of backed 
down from that as far as like how much how much how much involvement do I have in the course? And um, I'm trying to offer a level of the course that is pretty stripped down, but you still get the core course and it's really reasonable. It's uh, uh, I think 397 is what the designing course is. And, it you know, then I have payment plans. So it becomes really uh, affordable for designers who are just starting out. And then there's other levels where there's a Facebook group and there's more content um, and that that goes up in price. So. Um, but we we are trying to Michelle and I, who which my other courses um, created with, we are trying to keep it so that there is an affordable option for uh, for the designers who are just starting out or trying to up level. Well, and let me ask you this: so with your design course, who who is it targeted to? I would say designers who uh, anywhere from fairly new, you know, maybe a year or two in all the way up to I've had designers take it that have almost nearly as much experience as me and are getting great light bulb moments from it. So, um, but I would say probably beginning to intermediate designers. Okay. And what is it? Uh, I mean, it's, can you give us a little bit about what the course is? What, what is in the course? So the course teaches, it's kind of a little bit difficult to pinpoint because it's a bit unique. Um, it teaches the design process, but not necessarily the whole entire process with onboarding and, um, you know, the different kind of processes and, and pieces that go th throughout the whole entire process. It focuses on the actual design part of it. So I would say if I had to boil it down to a sentence, it teaches, strate I'm teaching strategic web design. So how to take what someone says and translate that into a strategic web design that they love. Excuse me. Sorry, I went to ask you another question and I <laughs> took too deep of a breath, I guess. Um, so with that, are, now with the designers that are taking it, do you find that there is a, I don't know that disconnect would be the right word, but in, in taking their talents and shifting to the business, the strategy piece of it? Uh, oh, like strat uh, interpreting the strategy for another business. Yeah. You know, so when they get a client, it's like they know good design, they know how that works. And then it's, yes. it's applying it to, oh, let me help you with your business. Yes. I think that that is something that even I am after all this time am still, uh, I feel like I'm constantly learning because, uh, because everything, you know, things change so quickly, but also, um, even I thought I was a pretty good strategic designer. And then I got into actually having to market my own courses and market my own business and be really heavy on the marketing side. And I'm like, oh, man, there's so much I didn't know. So um, but I do I think there's probably the biggest shift I see is in the mindset of how to work collaboratively with the client. So starting from the very beginning where you're gathering all the information from them and going through this collaborative process where you end up with a final design and there's literally no revisions. I've had so many people come back and say, oh my gosh, there was no revisions to my final design. And it's because of the process that they go through is so collaborative. It's almost like anticlimactic when you get to the end. So um, I think that that's a big time saver um, to go, you know, this process I've kind of honed over the years. And so that's what I'm teaching in the course. But uh, along with that is the ability to translate what people say and turn it into something that um, is going to meet their goals, the goals of their business. And and do you think in terms of the revision piece, because, which I don't do service work anymore, um, because of the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, revisions. You know, yeah, revisions. And, you know, again, well, and I'm, 
I'm not a trained designer or developer or anything, but it always surprised me within this space that you have people that have zero skills with what you're doing and yet they're going to tell you how to do it. Whereas, you know, like I wouldn't tell a contractor how to install tile, right? Or I wouldn't tell him how to put in kitchen cabinets, but yet you have customers that are, you know, and I don't know if it's because their name or their brand is attached to it and they've got this very, whether it's skewed or, um, sometimes a very dated opinion of things. So, you know, what are some some things that you work through with your students, your clients, um, that you're mentoring students on being able to to work with the clients from that perspective? I think probably um, one of the biggest light bulb moment, moments I have, and I created an entire module on it, was like leading clients through the process. And when I say that, um, I'm referring to when you get like stuck in that, like downward spiral spiral of revisions, like they, it's like a rabbit hole. It's because you're not asking for feedback in the right way and you're not treating feedback in the right way. So um, if you, as a designer shift your thinking about feedback to, you know what, these are just design parameters, then it becomes less personal. So I think sometimes we take it personally and then we also are asking the wrong questions when we ask for feedback. So um, I shifted, I, it, I was like on round 17 with a client on like a specific color of green. And I'm just like, okay, oh, something is what it, what am I doing wrong? Because, you know, this is so like, not even, you know, worth taking time over because we can shift it later, you know? And what I discovered was that I needed to just shift how I asked it, asked her for feedback rather than you know, saying, what do you think? Like a lot of times we'll present a design and say, what do you think? And that's like a really big, huge question and responsibility for clients mm-hmm. because they're like, oh my gosh, if I don't, you know, give the right feedback, then my website's not going to work. You know, it's like this big, huge thing. And um, so if we focus on, you know, what do you, um, I, I focus kind of on what do you like and what do you dislike? And then also how does it make you feel? So if uh, I even give them the the wording to use to give me feedback. So, you know, it feels too heavy. It's, you know, too, uh, it's too serious. It's, you know, not corporate enough. It's, you know, like language like that. And then as a designer, when a client gives us feedback, that's like, well, can you just make that blue color, this blue color? And can you try this font? And they start doing like this spaghetti on the wall design. <laughs> then we start we just, we totally lose our like design mojo. I mean, it's yeah. just like, gone. and so when we, when we focus on, please give me, you know, kind of how it feels, then we have room to move within that. And we can interpret that better than the client. So the client thinks they're helping us, but they're really not. They're kind of stealing our design creativity when they do that, but we're not asking them in the right way. So it's kind of really not fair to the client. So that right there, um, is another like big piece of the course uh, in shifting the way we ask for feedback and shifting how we think of feedback. And that gets us to the right design a lot faster. Wow. God, that is, that's kind of key in any piece of business, right? Like it's really how you're asking questions um, when you're working with clients, customers, any of it, these ambiguous open-ended questions are really going <laughs> to leave it. You're, you're, I love the spaghetti on the wall design, um, but it, it's going to leave it. Pardon me? Yeah. I said, that's what it feels like mm-hmm. for sure. As a designer, you feel like, oh my gosh, am I just, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, and I think that, um, that, uh, those questions are, uh, because design is so subjective, 
that's what makes it so difficult. Like even development is a little bit more, uh, you know, like it has to be a certain way in order to function, but design doesn't. And so then it is, it's so ambiguous that we have to figure out how are we going to narrow this down and get to the right solution that we both love. Um, because to be honest, they know, they know their business better than I do. Um, and so I'm trying to learn about their business and I have the expertise. And so we're looking for the intersection of the two. Wow. <laughs> I, I think anybody listening to this, even, you know, cause I think I probably, there's probably a lot of people out uh, in the audience that do more of, I, I would classify it as sort of WordPress site builds, as opposed to necessarily classifying themselves as a designer or developer, Sure, um, sure. you know, but that, that key in really asking those specific questions, um, that's awesome. I want to shift a little bit to, of course, my favorite topic, uh, one of them actually, which is content. Um, okay. So if we can, um, so fill me in a little bit. You guys are doing a content because you're saying, so now you have a, a co-founder with a design course. Is it the same partner on the content course? I have an online best friend who lives halfway across the country from me. And we spend, we try to spend every six months together on vacation. So, but we're working at the same time. And uh, we met on Twitter and she's a content strategist, brilliant copywriter. And, um, we, I, I was struggling with clients. So, so to answer your question, we, we are, uh, we created the content course together, say goodbye to content bottlenecks. And then the course that we've been talking about is designing to delight. So, um, say goodbye to content bottlenecks was, uh, created with Michelle Hunter from Michelle Hunter creative. And we started working together. I think about four years ago, um, I was struggling to get content from clients and, uh, Michelle just has like this magic ability. And so then I started, when I worked with her, I would get back like these formatted Google documents that I could just pop into my designs and it saved me so much time and effort. I got really spoiled and I got to the point where I just wouldn't even work with a client unless they worked with her. And, uh, so um, as I shifted to teaching, we were talking about how big of a bottleneck this is for designers. It's just like a huge issue, holds up projects sometimes for a year or two. Oh, yeah. And um, so we were, you know, kind of coming together and like, well, we have this great process that we do together. And granted, we're working with the client one on one. But it, is it something that we can teach? Is it something that we can help? other designers, um, you know, implement into their own design processes. And so that's how that course came about. And that's, you know, it covers everything from, um, it has Michelle's brilliance in it of a client content workbook that asks the right questions that helps clients get the content out of their heads. And then the assessment of do they need a copywriter or not? And she goes through point by point on how to assess whether or not their copy is going to be good enough, um, you know, and how you can uh, she actually gives you scripts for giving them direction to work with a copywriter. And then I take it from there and I have, uh, we have illustrator wireframes. Um, so you can lay out pages so that the client can see how much content they need to provide. And, uh, let's see what else is in the course. There's a lot of great resources It's actually only like a 30 minute video on how to actually implement the process. And then it's very resource heavy. Oh, that's huge. I mean, that's really huge because it's not like you're teaching necessarily, you know, you're not teaching how to create content, you're teaching them how to get content from clients, right? Yes, correct. How to how to lead clients through the process so that they aren't stalling out. And, and the and a big piece of that, and, and I know that you've probably heard this, and I know a lot of the designers out there have heard this, is that you're supposed to get all the content first. And, um, you know, because that 
you know, you can't start without all the content. And I have a different approach. I actually move the content due date to the middle of the project. And uh, that's what's unique about this process. And the, the pieces that you put together prior to that point are, motivate the client and help the client understand what you what you want from them. And uh, and then that makes the process go that much smoother. And that's the process that Michelle and I created together, too. So tell me why, why from, and again, I could never find the right process for this because I would end up with clients who, you know, more often than not, it was just, they didn't, they knew the content needed to go on the site, but they could not get themselves to, to do it, to create it. My um, very unprofessional opinion is that they probably all need help with with content or copy. Um, Well, you know, and is, I mean, I, I've gone back to, a ton of fundamentals over say the last two years where, I mean, I've been doing this for like nine years, but it's like in the online marketing space and really stepping back into these fundamentals of messaging and your voice and, you know, writing a headline 20, 30 times until it really feels right. And, and that type of stuff. And most clients, unless they've got an in-house person that does that, don't know where to start. And ends to me, it ends up sounding very, um, I don't know, like a robot wrote it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big struggle for clients. And I think that, you know, I try to equate it to, um, you know, I'm working with a great marketing person right now. And if she just told me, well, give me your content for your funnel. And I'd be like, well, what, you know, like, where do I start? And what what pieces do I need? And, you know, because it's not my forte. And I think that when we just give clients a great big old fat, you know, task of provide your content, you know, it's like, of course, they're going to be, they're going to sit on it, they're going to procrastinate, and they're not going to understand what you're supposed to, what what you want from them. And um, so what this, what the process that Michelle and I came up with, actually, really helps visually show them, you know, what you have in mind, how much content you need, you know, and she asks these magical questions to pull the content out of their heads. And um, gives we give a lot of guidance as far as, you know, this is the purpose of your homepage and this is the purpose of the content on your homepage and this is the purpose of your about page. And and there's a in the course, there's a client content workbook that is rebrandable. So um, any designer, if you're in, if you take the course, can take that client content workbook, brand it to match your branding and send it to your client. So that workbook is what initially pulls the content out of the client. And that I think that is the very hardest part for the for most online entrepreneurs. Oh my God, that's huge. I have to, I had to write that down too, because uh, give me your content for your funnel. I mean, that's a perfect example because it would be like, all right, I need your sales page (laughs) copy, you know? And, and so for people that don't understand that, or they go and they look at something someone else has done and they just change the words, whether it's, it's in alignment with their voice or not. Um, so can you share a little bit of, I mean, let's go a little bit deeper into some of the resources without obviously sure. giving it away and, and people are ah. going to have to download it. So I'm okay with giving it all away. You know, I, I, I'll give away as much as I can here and, uh, and, but the actual resources that are going to help them in the process are in the course, but uh, the, the course um, has five main, five big resources. So there's the client content workbook where we, we were just talking about. There's um, the does your client need a copywriter resource on how to determine and how to ask how to, you know, how to make that ask. Um, the 
Illustrator wireframe templates for creating wireframes, which is part of the content process for me, because even if you're working with a copywriter, a copywriter needs to have some idea of where you're going as a designer. Um, and then let's see, the fourth resource is uh, Google. Uh, Google templates. So I created a base set of Google templates that match kind of the typical website layout so that the um, you can provide those to the client and you can manipulate them to match your wireframe. So then the client just plugs content into those and provides those back. And then there's a uh, very generic video that I created as a resource for designers to provide their clients that teaches them the importance of formatting and how to provide content back to the designer. So it's a, like an educational thing on formatting because I think one of the biggest struggles that we have is that clients don't understand formatting, even though they're looking at it all day long, they don't understand it um, and they don't know how to apply it. And I think if they understood it, if they just made the connection between what they see every day and the actual formatting, then they would actually provide it to us that way. It's just a little educational thing. So those are the five um, key resources in that course. Okay. So I want to dive a little bit more into the formatting piece. So you're talking about simply, you know, let's say it, it's a post and it's like, okay, here's your image. Here's your headline. Here's some text. Here's a call to action, whatever. Is that what you're talking about? Okay, you cut out just a little bit. You said it's a what? All right. So with, I'm going to just re-ask it and we'll cut this piece out. So with, okay. the, with the formatting it, are you referring to the way that the copy content is laid out on the, on the page? So like as an example with a post, you would say, you know, we need, you would provide, there'd be a featured image. We've got your headline. It may be, you know, a, a sub headline. You're, okay. Okay. And so Correct. the, with the formatting then, do you give, with, do you go through and say, okay, here's a typical formatting for an about page, for a contact page, for services? I mean, is that sort of how that works? Yes. And, and so what, what at that point, when you're giving your client these templates, you've already provided wireframes. And so they understand what they're, what exactly what their website is going to look like. And you're maybe using lorem ipsum copy to demonstrate how much content to provide. And so they have a, an idea going into providing the content back to you. But there's also the piece of when you look at um, content has evolved. So like back in the day when I was like at a corporate company, <laughs> you know, you would go like, OK, the subhead, you highlight the subhead of the paragraph. And, then you know, like like the way we read is different. The way we read online is different than the way we like read paper. Absolutely. And so I think what I did in the in the educational video was help clients understand how to break down the page into sections and what to look for and then what to do within each section. So, you know, look for natural breaks. Where's your testimonial? Where, you know, where is there like a natural break? Insert an actual horizontal line. So I know as a designer, maybe I do a little different treatment on this um, and then look for, you know, offerings maybe are, um, if you have offerings that are grouped together, maybe those are going to be like, you know, three icons across and, the designer or the client doesn't need to know that, but I just want them to look for natural groupings. I want them to look for key points within sections and things like that. So it's very methodical um, going from like the very top layout of, or the top uh, looking at the page in its entirety and then breaking it into sections, then looking for key points, looking for calls to action, looking for places where you can um, highlight text by creating a heading. So um, you know, like a little bit more strategic in how to get the most out of your content. I 
friggin' love that. I totally love like frameworks and templates. And, it, you know, even with like my podcast episodes, it was when I finally went, okay, let's, let's stick with a really solid format for each episode. It just made it so much easier to produce or to have somebody at least edit the posts and take care of that for me. All right. So when it comes to the formatting, how, how are you guys helping people to break down the content in some sort of strategy? So through that training video, um, how to, I think I called it how to get the most out of your content. I can't remember exactly, but, um, most clients, um, don't understand formatting though. So they see it every day, but they don't understand how it relates to what they're doing. Um, and so I think, and I, I personally think that if they did, if we taught them how to get the most out of their formatting, they, they would actually do it and provide it back to us that way. So in the, um, video, I show them, I teach, um, the end client how to look at the entire page and then look for natural breaks and break it down into sections so that as a designer, then I can say, okay, maybe I'm going to treat this section a little differently and create visual interest on the page. And then within those sections, we look at where are our calls to action, where are natural groupings, you know, maybe we're going to have a set of icons or offerings, um, where are uh, possible headings, what is the key takeaway that you want for this particular section? And, uh, and so then I'm just basically teaching clients how to break that down and format their stuff so that it's effective. And also what we need as designers, this is how we need you to format it so that we can transfer it cleanly into your website. Great. Uh, my mind, sorry, I was like, I was listening to that and my mind starts going in 50 directions. Sure. So, so with, with the, um, with breaking it down and formatting it and the, and what you guys have given to the clients, um, is it, you know, one of the things that obviously I, I've made a big shift in is conversion, right? Like for me, I want to know sure. that this page is converting or, you know, where am I getting my leads, that type of stuff. So is is that really, my guess is that that would be somewhat content specific. Obviously, on certain pages, you're going to have different calls to action. Is that a, a piece that you have to work with the clients with, though, in teaching them why you guys are doing it that way? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of that, too, is going to come through when you work on the flow of the website in, in the wireframing stage. And so you're going to be like, okay, you know what, here's our homepage. Um, you know, here's our big offering. If they don't take the big offering, let's show them some case studies. If they don't take the case studies, maybe I show them some blog posts, you know, and I work through like that. What is the flow and the funnel on that? first page and and if I'm offering services, how do I flow people into my services? If I'm offering products, how do I flow people into my products? And so like if you're a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, if you're offering a one-on-one -on -one service, you're going to always have, okay, you know, make a start your project or, or let's talk or however, you know, you're going to have calls to action flowing from every page, funneling people into that or whatever you have that leads into that. Um, and so it's the same kind of thing, but I, I think that the flow and the structure um, of, of how that actually looks comes in the wireframe. And then it's just naturally like for clients, um, they're going to see that they're going to see the buttons and stuff in the wireframe and understand that this is how we're trying to get people from, you know, from the homepage and, uh, to, to purchase, um, or whatever we're trying to get them to do. Yeah. It's probably a lot easier if the client's understanding and have, you know, if they're understanding the process, but also can see, well, we're going to put this here because your end goal is to get a consultation or is to get a sign up or whatever it is. Um, you know, so that when they get, it's, it's like, I guess getting a little bit 
better buy-in from the client as well when they're more a part of that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's um, the two courses actually go really well together because designing to delight teaches that, uh, you know, the whole page structure and, and how to um, do, you know, look strategically, look at each page for conversion. So um, that's, those two pieces go together, but yeah, the client really is going to see that visually in action in a wireframe before you ask them for content. So they're not just like, what the heck, you know, I don't know what to provide you. So, well, and with this much involvement, my guess also is that, you know, when it comes to pricing a website, as opposed to looking at what other people are charging, all of a sudden there is this massive increase in value that you're providing the client and you've essentially become a partner in their business. You're not just the hired tech help. They realize that there's a really solid strategy to you helping them accomplish their goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, um, with, uh, with, um, I'm sorry, don't leave off me during the thought. <laughs> I do that all the time mid sentence. So, so truly it's all good. Yes. So, so my, in teaching this, my objective is to help designers understand that you can totally, it sounds like a pipe dream. I think sometimes from where, where I was sitting even four years ago, I'd be like laughing at myself. You can completely and totally choose the projects that you want to work on. If you provide that level of uh, value, um, you're going to stand out from the, you know, lower level um, designers and prices, because a lot of people at that price level are just like kicking the tires and comparing prices. Oh, yeah. But if you put, you know, if you, if you gain these skills, which are not super hard to learn, they, it just takes a lot of observation, um, then you're going to be able to charge a lot more. And then the people are going to seek you out to work with you specifically and not necessarily because of your price. They're not going to care about your price. Well, they want results. And I think anytime, you know, I, I just uh, have a solo show going live the day that we're recording this interview. And I was talking about the, this piece of, um, now I totally lost my train of thought mid sentence. <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, it went out of my head. I'm sorry. Um, what, what I'd like to talk about a little bit is the, when, when does your client need a copywriter, right? Again, because I was joking around that I probably from day one, I think they all need copywriters. Um, but is there like a defining moment in the process to help somebody identify, ah, you probably need some help? Yeah, yeah. They, they, um, she gets really specific on actually what to look for in their, in how they've written and how it feels. Um, and there's four levels, if I'm remembering correctly. I didn't write this, so it's a little harder for me to remember. But basically, you know, it's hopeless. You need a copywriter. And uh, <laughs> or I can, uh, as a designer, sometimes we gain the skills. I've gotten to the point where I have the skills to, like, edit somebody's copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I know, you know, kind of, uh, especially with my ideal client, I know exactly what they need to say and know how to frame their um, calls to action, all that. So I, I, you know, there's, there's a level of here, I'm going to help you with this, but then you got to make sure you're charging because we always give away content strategy for some reason. Um, and then uh, basically there was three or four levels and I can't remember, but it was either they can write it themselves um, and it's good the way it's looking or give them some guidance and they can edit it or designer help them edit it or yes, you need a copywriter. I believe those were the four levels. And she gave real specifics as far as what to 
what to specifically look for um, in the way it's written and the way it feels, um, you know, first person, third person, you know, is it really heavy? Is it really wordy, et cetera? She, she got really detailed. So it would be very easy um, as a designer who's coming to that um, that resource to, to look and assess their client's copy because they're also going to be assessing the client content workbook. Um, so they're going to get that content back via the workbook and be able to assess it specifically. God, this is a huge, it's an added skill set, right? And, and so for a designer to be able to market their services, um, cause this is such a roadblock. And sometimes I think clients don't realize it's a roadblock. They think it's just, I'm just going to write something or, you know, they right. take, they take their, um, one of the last sites that I had done locally, which I did very few because it was like all these people were like, well, come down to the office once a week. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm all, that's fine. It's $150 an hour. Oh, I'm like, do you go? It's, it's anyways, we won't go ranty. Um, but it was, it was a local spa that I bartered with because I love them and I had like a year of free massages, but you know, they pretty much, it's like, they really weren't going to be marketing. He's like, here's the brochure. Mm-hmm. Let's just fill mm-hmm. in. The, and I was like, okay, that's fine. His goal was that it was responsive and people could buy gift certificates off the site. And I'm like, that totally works. And, you know, and for the price of it too, I was like, that's fine. But, you know, I would think that really being a part of this process would be so huge for people if they, if the business or the client is, is going into the saying, look, we need better conversions. We want to sell more. They, they get that their website's more than a brochure. I think that that's totally true. And I think that um, what I've seen in, in working with local clients for years and then shifting to online entrepreneurs, people and online entrepreneurs are business people too. I'm just making the distinction that between somebody who has like a, maybe a brick and mortar location or a physical store and somebody who is relying on their website for all their income, you're going to have a different strategy um, between those two. And you're going to have a different level of value that they place on that tool on the website. So um, I've found that shifting to people who are, providing services over the internet, their livelihood is at stake and they're going to place a lot more value on it. And those are the people I prefer to work with um, and uh, tend to work with a lot more. Like they're relying on their website to do that work for them. Well, they and at this point, they probably get it. You know, like I'm, I'm still sort of surprised that there's a lot of brick and mortar, you know, offline businesses that are just don't want to take, they don't get the space. So they just are like, nah, I'm fine, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I want to shift a little bit if we can to talk about, you know, how you guys um, are, are launching this, because I know there's a lot of people also listening that maybe our designers, and again, I don't know how many developers listen to this, but <laughs> website, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not that technical, but Word, WordPress site builders who, you know, they want a little bit of leverage because besides providing a ton of value and enjoying teaching, there is leverage in your business and having courses or products in addition to sort of time for money services. Absolutely. So how did you, you know, when it came to this, I mean, you've already done the design to delight launch once, right? Is that's already uh, a couple times. So I had a, I had a beta uh, last summer um, and then it's launched twice since, and then it's about to launch again here in September. Okay. So can you share any uh, wisdom challenges, whatever in, in terms of going from beta and then, being able to scale and grow it. Obviously it's working if you've done it a couple times after the beta and are doing it again. So tips, tricks, anything? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, The beta, I was working with a really great instructional designer um, and 
she was put it out there, you know, because, okay, designer, perfectionist, it gotta, it's got to look pretty. And, and you know, like I had this idea in my head of what people wanted to, what I was going to teach people. And she's like, nope, nope, just it doesn't matter what it looks like. Put it out, put it out. I didn't charge much for the beta. And uh, I got so much fantastic feedback and so learned so much about exactly what they wanted to learn from me that I, you know, what I had in my head prior to um, creating the course and what the course ended up being are two different things. So I would say, you know, living room strategy, you know, invite people. I just invited people um, to join me, 10 people, and I went through it and I was a lot of one-on-one. They got a lot of value, but I got a lot of value back into uh, as far as exactly what I wanted to create. And then when I launched again, um, of course, I didn't have the marketing um, at that time. I didn't have the the tribe or the following. I had a list, but it wasn't really uh, designers on my list because I had just made this shift. And so, you know, my expectations of what it was going to be and what it actually was, was, you know, kind of a gap there. And um, so I learned, a, I've learned so much since like last fall as far as uh, about growing my tribe and marketing and really creating a path for people um, to and opportunities for them to trust me, learn from me. Um, and, you know, that marketing funnel um, is so important and it's got to be more than just a couple emails, you know, and that's that's probably the, the biggest thing I've learned from last fall to now as far as marketing and, and growing uh, my community, which I'm actually really loving. So, um, and I think a lot of people will look at their product and go, oh man, it's a bad product because it didn't sell well. well. And it's usually a marketing problem. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was horrible at doing stuff like this before where I would, whether it was, it was a course and it's like, I'd email my list and I'm like, okay. And it would do what it did. And a couple things I kept going, but again, going back to this, this sort of fundamental piece, I've really, gone back into, well, something worked, what didn't? And how can I redo it? You know, I recently did this for um, a a web app that I'm partnering on. It's a software and we're doing a pre-sale launch. And I mean, there's nothing, there's not an ounce of doubt in me about the product. But what I realized, first of all, I thought I would do a live stream instead of a webinar. So Mm -hmm. of course, the live stream failed. (laughs) You know, didn't load. But in, in going through the presentation and realizing Okay. I mean, we had some pre-sales and stuff, but you know, the next day with, with a friend who was good at this, I stepped back and we broke, went two hours, went through the webinar and I went, that's too much techno. That's too much technical stuff. And really in what is the problem we're solving for the customer? It's, it's not this, it's this. And going back to recrafting the message, it's like, okay, whole different approach. And now it's go back at it and master the webinar, do it live as many times as possible. And oftentimes the marketing, when, when it doesn't do what we hope to do or whatever, people just assume that nobody wanted it or their product didn't work. Yeah. And I, I one thing I've recognized, I have a Facebook group and uh, a free one, just a community. And um, when I was launching last time, so many people who are like following me fairly closely were still unaware of what I was doing. And that made me realize how even though you can be dialed into what someone's doing, you can still miss uh, you know, miss something big and, and how much I needed to repeat and, and make noise, like not in a, like, you know, not in a, a pushy way, but, um, you know, maybe video or 
sharing and training and teaching and you can you can give away some of this stuff that's in your course and still get people to you know to buy into the course and so that's I've gotten really generous with my information because that just uh, encourages people to to trust and go okay you know what I really want to see what's in that course well that's just it and I think people it's funny because again I think in this space it's kind of like there's this there's this fine line between doing the work and marketing it and pushing it and a lot of times I know I used to to sit there and be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And I come up with it in my head instead of get it out there, get it out there. And you get feedback. And, you know, the best way to clarity and messaging is through producing and publishing. You have to, right? I, I mean, if you don't put something out there, you're going to have no idea what resonates with your audience. And so, so many people get hesitant about oh, being too vulnerable. They're trying to get it perfect. I'm like, just get it out. <laughs> you're going to get massive feedback, massive data. And there may be a while where you're hitting publish to crickets, but mm-hmm. it, it will show up, right? Well, and also tracking because I, I created, I have a resource library that's, you know, um, it's, it's a great um, opt-in and I created this little course um, called Brand Fix. Uh, it was a free email course on, you know, the disconnects that I have made or the, the things that I found over the years as a designer that were hold that were keeping me from getting the clients that I wanted. And so it talks about like your services and your about page and your homepage and all these different things and like disconnects I recognize now. And um, that did not do that well as like a Facebook ad. Uh, and, and, and convert, it didn't convert. And so to, to be able to track that and go, you know what, okay, that's going to work better over here. Let's go back to this and, and, and strengthen that path from this thing, because otherwise I would have wasted all this money and time on this thing that wasn't working very well. And so that's another thing I've learned, um, is to have, I have somebody that does that tracking for me. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that stuff, but it's important. (laughs) It is because I would have wasted so much time. Well, you know, I've even done that with lead magnets. I had gone back and done something that had done really well a couple of years ago. And my messaging and what I produce has shifted quite a bit. And when I went and looked at the data for just kind of the primary opt-in, which is really more about marketing and building a solid foundation for your business through good old, you know, SEO content, leads, yes, that kind of stuff, stuff um, versus this tool thing. And when I looked at the data, I'm like, wow, it converted like no one's business a few years ago. And it was choking now. Like just because mm-hmm. somebody wanted it a couple years ago doesn't mean they want it now. Yes. Um, anyway, so so tell us a little bit about when both courses are launching and the best place to connect with you. Um, so the you can you can get say goodbye to content bottlenecks, which is the content course anytime it's available um, all the time. And that is through designing to delight dot com and then just go to courses and it'll be listed there um and uh then there's actually designing to delight the course um and that is relaunching at the end of september second half of september and the best place to connect is my facebook group called drama free design collective so that is uh I think if you just put in uh, facebook.com drama, drama free design, uh, it will come up and that is for designers and developers. And uh, we are a really fun drama free group in there. And um, then I, I keep people on, you know, um, apprised of what I'm doing as far as uh, courses and when they're coming out. And I, I think that's probably the best place because it's also a fun place to be. I have found I've recently, um, 
I have a new Facebook group and it was, it's the groups have shifted. I think a lot of people have gotten past, you know, there's sort of like this second generation of Facebook groups and for lack of a better term, where people are really wanting to connect and provide, you know, just value and support each other, even as, you know, I'm guessing as a moderator and it's your group, but yet when you get these groups where people are really committed to showing up, all of a sudden they help keep the group moving and mm-hmm. it, it's just, it becomes a really fun place to be. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I am just, I'm so blessed. I'm so amazed at how um, supportive and helpful everyone is in there. And uh, it's, uh, you know, but it's fun too. It's a, it's a fun group and drama free was actually supposed to be, you know, drama-free client experience, like creating drama-free client experiences and smooth client experiences. That's where the name came from, but everybody's interpreting it to be, we don't, you know, we don't do drama in the group. Um, <laughs> it's true. I don't do drama. I'm not a dramatic person, but, uh, but it's funny. Everyone's like, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air in here. And I think, oh, they're misinterpreting the name, but that's okay. <laughs> See, it, there's a, there's a perfect example, right? It resonated with your audience, but, um, yeah, no, that, that's funny. I, well, it's kind of like the hashtag WP drama. I had no idea it even existed, but cause I'm not necessarily in that space online. Um, Christine, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited about sharing your courses and everybody, please remember all the links will be in the show notes. Um, Christine, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Anytime. All right, guys, you know the drill. Hang on a second and I will have all the links for you. I'll mention them. Of course, they will be in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening. All right, guys. So as always, thanks so much for listening. So the two links I've got for Christine's courses, I have created two short links for you. And so the content bottlenecks course you can get at the wpchick.com forward slash content bottlenecks. And the Design to Delight course is at wpchick.com forward slash Design to Delight. All one word, guys. No hyphens, no slashes, no nothing. So hopefully that's easy to remember. Again, the wpchick.com forward slash content bottlenecks. And the wpchick.com forward slash Design to Delight. And if you have not left a review on iTunes, come on, guys. What are you waiting for? I'd love it. It helps people find the podcast. So go over to iTunes. Just search for the WordPress Chick Podcast and leave me a review. Until next week, guys, thanks so much.